welcome to Leader Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob Evans, and I'm joined by your co-host and my co-host, Casey Clark. Casey, how are you doing today? I am great. I, I think I'm the co-hostess with the mostest. Uh, no, yeah, I, well, I, you're, you're great, man. <laughs> you're great. If you haven't heard it today, you've heard it here first. You are great. Oh, that's I appreciate that. I have heard it today, and I will take your great as well. Everyone's telling me I'm great today. It's one of those good days. We are here uh, recording a new season of Leader Fables. I'm very season delighted two. to be here. Season two. Here we go. Uh, and Casey and I thought it would be a lot of fun to talk about the way we approach planning and dreaming and strategy as we work to be our best selves. Uh, last season, um, we talked a lot about middle management and how to be a really effective uh, middle manager. And I think this this season, Casey, is going to be a lot of fun because these are the sort of nuts and bolts that help us, I think, become and be better leaders. Totally agree. And I think the other part, this is what will sustain you as a leader because it's very easy to come in as a new leader. You're fresh with energy and ideas and passion, and you hit a wall. I, I I don't know what you think the wall is. I think it's about a year. You hit the wall, and you're like, this is not sustainable. The 60 hours a week I'm working, and I have 75 projects happening. I'm trying to keep tabs of my team. Like It gets overwhelming. And so in my career, I've learned these planning strategies keep me focused and centered and in it for the long run versus flaming out. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, if we if we stand a chance to work and continue to work as effective leaders, we need effective strategies for yep. planning and dreaming and and keeping all the things and rest and, and rest, right, right. Keeping and, all the things in the air, keeping all the important things uh, yep. front and center. Yeah. And not neglecting our other parts of life, including your family, your community, your hobbies, your interests, like those all go into making a really good holistic leader. And it's again, very easy to get too focused on business that you become one or two dimensional versus a really full person who has a, a good life in multiple areas and they feed into each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the, one other thing I just want to mention, Casey, you and I are going to try really hard to kind of pull back the curtains a little bit and give people a sense for how we plan, how we uh, work our strat our strategic planning, all that kind of stuff, how we plan our weeks, our months, you know, our quarters, uh, so on and so forth. So that people can kind of get a good sense of how this stuff works in the real world. I think we've both read books that and ideas or heard ideas, maybe even read blog posts that we tried and we're like, oh, was this really tried and tested? Or is this <laughs> just someone like thinking about a way to more effectively plan or, uh, or more effectively uh, be productive, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, everything looks good on a spreadsheet when you're designing it, but the realities of executing are, are always more challenging. I've also learned in high level in planning that the simpler the plan, the better the plan. And so 
I don't know about you, Jacob, but I try to overwhelm, like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, like 25 point uh, rejuvenation strategy and I'm five points in. I'm like, I, this sucks. I quit. And uh, so I think you'll also hear us tell you to keep it simple, start slow, start small. Um, and that is how you'll sustain the rhythms. Yeah, absolutely. So we've taken, we're going to take the next five weeks to talk about what we're calling the five altitudes of planning. So next week, we're going to talk about weekly planning. Then after that, we're going to talk about daily planning. Actually, let me just pause right there, Casey. Why are we starting with weekly planning instead of daily planning? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Why not start with the life plan and then the year and then the quarter? You know, Right, right. I, I found that the weekly is the best mix in the planning universe of connecting to the operational things that need to get done day to day and the bigger picture strategy of who you want to be and the big goals you have to accomplish. So I actually think it's easier to jump in at the week because you can't turn off everything that's happening day to day to start embark on this new crazy planning process. It's kind of like you're uh, in the air already, right? You're already going with your work and your family, everything's going on and you still need to land the plane, but you also got to fly the plane at the same time. So the week of you to me is the good place to, if I can just have a plan for this next week, then later I can get higher up at a quarterly or annual without missing the things I need to get done day to day right now. Does that make sense? Like kind of, it's a blend of the two worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's the, it's a good place to start because it gives you the most bang for the work you put into developing the plan and thinking about the week and all that sort of stuff. So we're, we're going to talk about that next week. Then the week after that, we're talking about weekly planning. And then after that quarterly planning, then yearly and then life planning. So we're going to talk about each of these altitudes, these five altitudes of planning and dedicate hopefully, you know, a little less than an hour, uh, maybe 45 minutes to each of these topics. And uh, again, our intention is to kind of peel back the curtains and explain and highlight what works, what doesn't work, and how we really kind of approach these things. And and I think we found, Casey, that these things work. The, 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 the sort of five altitudes of planning that we're going to talk about, uh, they work and we've been able to work them. And, uh, and there've been, at least in my life and I, I'm sure in yours, some, some really great, uh, some really great fruits, some really great, good, good things that have, that have come of it. And always learn from our pain. Oh man, so uh, much pain. What, what didn't work? I can show you notebooks of, uh, strategies that I've tried approaches that didn't work, you know, different hairdos over the year. No, I'm just kidding. But I've had the same hairdo since I was 12, but it, it does. Uh, there is some trial and error and some practice and planning in this. And, and I think we can just help you maybe avoid a couple pitfalls uh, in your journey and give you a system to start with. And then if you adapt it later, that's cool. But it's nice to have a curated system to start. So that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about pain, Casey, the whole reason I embarked on a mission, really a journey to figure out this thing called planning was because when I was early in my career, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, I was in a lot of pain. So I had started a new job as a leader. I said, I said, I gave a reluctant yes. Yes, I'll <laughs> give it a go. We'll see how it goes. I really love, in many respects, being an individual contributor. Um, but I was asked to uh, lead a small team. And um, 
there was a season where it was really fun for a while. It was great. Like we were doing some fun stuff and making some changes and building some really great products. And that was a lot of fun. And then it's like the party stopped. Like the music stopped. And I I was like holding the bag. Uh, has this happened to you, Casey? Because I wah, wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah. And what, yeah. what had happened was I – now, just I'm going to confess. I love to say yes. Some people – I think there's two types of people in, in this world. There's those that start with no, and you have to work to get them to yes. And then there's those that start with yes, and uh, they reluctantly will get themselves to no. And I am mm-hmm. definitely in that latter category. So if someone asks me to do something – my and it's something that sounds meaningful and worthwhile. My default response is to say yes. And what had happened was, as I said, I kept saying yes. I kept more and more things started piling on my plate. And not only did this impair my ability to be an effective leader and to really spend time with my team because I was saying yes to all these other things. And it was from like little stuff like, you know, hey, will you help this customer out, call them back about this issue that they're having to, you know, hey, will you spend some time thinking about what your team might like for the Christmas party? Like it was the it, it was it was important stuff, <laughs> trivial stuff and kind of everything in between. And um, I, it came to the point in during the season, uh, I hate to admit this. I told my wife, I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm working 60 hours a week. I don't think we had planned uh, to go on a trip, this idyllic location in Colorado Springs. It was really nice. We'd been there before. We were planning to go on this trip, and I'm like, I don't think I can go on the trip. I've got so much going Uh-oh. on. And it's funny. I mentioned this now. Uh, my wife and I were at dinner last night, and she reminded me of this season in my life. She's <laughs> like, I was, I was like... I was complaining about a family member like, oh, man, they're working so hard. I'm wondering if, you know, they're like doing all the right things or if they're taking time for themselves and their family. And she's like, well, you know, Jacob, <laughs> you were kind of doing the same thing, too. Right. And uh, and and I have to admit, she was right. I absolutely did. There was a season in my life where I didn't feel like I had the uh, ability to go on vacation because I was worried about things not happening at work. I felt like I needed to be there to ensure that execution was happening and that I was getting stuff done and, and all those sort of things. I couldn't even take a break. So I got to the end. Of, so I'm like, there's got to be a better way, Casey. There's got to be a better way. Yes. And that kind of led me on this journey of learning how to better plan, how to say no, how to keep the most important things, the most important things. And, um, and that's, you know, quite frankly, why I'm here today. If it weren't for that, I probably would have been a burned out manager that went back to being a individual contributor and uh, a, a bitter individual. Yeah, contributor. very bitter. <laughs> yes, no doubt. No doubt. No, you're absolutely right. I would have been definitely very, very bitter. And I am at, and I've seen other people as I was kind of lamenting this friend of mine last night. I've seen other people fall into this trap and it's a very, I mm-hmm. think I might be wrong, but I think it's a very easy trap to fall into, especially when you're kind of new to leadership and you're new to middle management and you're new to uh, leading a team and, and ensuring that uh, they have the resources they need to do their best work. Um, so yeah, that's what led me, led me here. And, uh, and I think that's why one of the reasons why planning at these, these five altitudes is so important. What do you think, Casey? I totally agree. And I would say that 
I don't know a leader who hasn't gone through what you went through that will be honest about it. You know, that they've had those moments and man to miss a trip. I know that's heartbreaking for you, Jacob, uh, your love for travel. And I think the other part is you will, it'll happen multiple times in your career. There'll be times where you hit a roadblock and you need to go back to the fundamentals or you need to adapt part of your strategy I know we'll talk about quarterly uh, planning here in a bit. I'm at the end of a quarter right now, and I am crawling to my quarterly retreat. Uh, So we'll just preview that that's coming up in a future episode. But you really get used to these rhythms, and you start to look forward to them and enjoy them. It makes the journey more fun as well, uh, and it's not just such a slog all the time. But thanks for sharing your fable of uh, how, uh, you know, you where you were at and uh, I have seen this in you as a leader, you know, just these strategies you use and and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to tease these out and share them with everyone. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of share about more more about kind of what I've learned and what I do to avoid that sort of busy trap, that trap of saying yes, 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 yes. And and I, I'll, I'll also mention during the season, I said yes to a lot of things. And I disappointed a lot of people because I said yes to a lot of things. So Ooh. it wasn't only I was working hard, but I was also working. I, I, I wasn't working hard enough, if you can imagine. Like there were things that I did not get to that I said I would. And uh, I think that's another part of kind of learning to better plan is if you plan better, I've learned, if you can plan better, it gives you the tools you need to say no. Or to at least renegotiate, right? Okay, you just, alarms should be going off for people. And I am going to impromptu add an episode to this season of Leader Fables. Oh boy, here we go. Hosted by our very own Jacob Evans, How to Say No and Not Have the World End. Like that's the, that's the, like, you know, How to Say No is in big bold font and and the world to not end is in in the little part. So I think we should do a whole episode on how to say no because- there's an artful way and you can actually even advance your cause by saying no sometimes, even connecting people to the a different person. There's a lot of strategies here I think we could tease out. So can we add that as an episode? Yes, absolutely. It, okay. We will we, totally we, do that. We will not call it an altitude. We'll call it a runway. This is the runway episode, which is saying no. Saying no. Because and I'm sold on this. Like I love the ideas of the altitudes uh you're planning. Uh but maybe we should start like basic like what is planning what is uh productivity like what do you mean when you say that i think planning enables us to get the right things done which means saying yes to the right things and no to the wrong things and if you don't plan here's the problem with here's the here's this is what i've learned this is the truth if i don't have a plan for my time and attention someone else has a plan for my time and attention. So right. the question the question becomes, do I want to execute my plan or do I want to be executing someone else's plan? Because someone has a plan for our time and attention. Oh, it's if it's so not true. us, it's someone else. <laughs> it is. And I think that's where people get lost in productivity. And there's some new books out even like uh, – calling this out like the the fake art of productivity or the like and i think they're right in a lot of respects because productivity has become about how do i find a hack that allows me to get one more thing done during the day but to me true productivity is about getting what you're talking about the right things done 
Um, and often that has nothing to do with work. The right thing for me to do today is to go to the gym. It's for me to take my wife on a date. It's to go hang out with my grandkids. It's to take, you know, it's, and we never, that's the stuff that gets sacrificed. I know very few people who actually let deadlines flow by or, uh, you know, that miss, you know, things like that. They'll, they'll get those done, but it's at the expense of these other things. So productivity, getting the right things done, not getting more done. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to try really hard to help uh, articulate and give tools to uh, put to action how to get the right things done. And again, yes. this is a journey. Like, I don't I don't think I've got all the answers, but I figured out to some degree what really works well for me. And I'm, I'm hopeful that everyone in our audience will be able to pick up some things that will work for them. Maybe it's not the whole thing, but maybe there's some strategies and tips that um, I use and that you use Casey that, uh, yeah. folks can use and, or folks can put to work and, and, uh, and, and help their kind of journey, help them on their journey to do the right things. Yeah. Or plug your nose at and be like, that is so not me. And then when you realize it was you, you can write us an apology letter at apologies at leaderfables.com. Uh, that email address that. may or may not work, by the way. <laughs> but it is true. I, there's a lot of things like people have told me over the years that I've been like, nah, that's dumb. And then about a year later, I'm like, I'm going to try that because now it actually seems like it's really smart. So I'd say be open-minded to these different strategies. And I know we'll get into the the specifics next time, right? Like in, in the altitudes. But what about today? How do we get started? Like that's what we're going to focus on today, right? That's right. So Casey, if, if you were feeling overwhelmed and you had more, more to do, <laughs> more to do than you've got time that you'd like to do, like time to allocate. Yeah. Uh, what are some things that we can do to, uh, just help our brains relax yeah. and kind of prepare ourselves for planning? Yeah, I, that's such a great question. And I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is the anxiety with planning or the anxiety that I haven't planned well enough is that I'm going to drop a ball. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss a deadline. I'm going to forget that I need to do something. My kid's going to be sitting outside their school waiting for me to pick them up and I forgot about it, or I'm going to disappoint someone. And so I think the very best thing to do to get started is a project inventory. It's, it's really to capture everything that's happening um, at that moment, get it down on paper so that you don't have to store it in your head. Because what will happen is, you know, I'll be anxious about this thing that's in my head. I, I can't forget this. I need to work on this. And then what I am working on, I'm giving 75% of my brain power to versus 100% because I'm worrying about these background uh, noises Versus if I could just get it all down on paper or get it all down in some kind of system, I'll be able to know that I can come back to it and execute on what I need to be focusing on right now. That's right. Yeah. So when I, and this is good, this is good in any season, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed. I, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I go through kind of each area of my life, personal, financial, professional, like all the various areas, kids, uh, spouse, all, all that stuff. Um, and I write down all the projects, all the tasks, all the things I need to do in those areas. And it's kind of a crazy thing. It really like frees me up. It makes my brain feel so much better to know that I've written them down 
And the trick after that is to work those things into a plan, which, you know, we're going to be talking about in the next uh, five weeks. Uh, so if you've got some time, this is the encouragement. This is the tip. If you've got some time this week, sit down and write all of the things that you're right. Make a list of all of the things that you're working on. And, uh, and if it's a big project, maybe you're working on or a big initiative, think about it like a good next action. Like what can you do that'll move this initiative, this project forward to a successful conclusion? Uh, just the next thing, maybe not all the things, but just the next thing. And that really just going through that process helps our brains relax and, uh, and then it helps us as individuals when we go to plan, see the forest for the trees instead of these individual trees that are kind of nagging at our attention. Uh, if that makes sense. And this is where I, I think this is what three by five cards were actually created for or sticky notes were actually invented for. Like it, like put one of those projects or one of those tasks that needs to get done, just add it to a three by five card and then go on to the next one and the next one until your, your, your brain is empty, right. Of, of everything that needs to happen. And then you can go back and shuffle those around. You can add sub projects or like you're talking about the next task that needs to be done to move it forward. Um, but do this in a way that I, there's a way to do it, to make it more tactile. And, and I find that it is good to get into a project management system and things like that, but that's not yet that this step is like a good old fashioned brain dump. I don't know if that's a word, but that's what we used to call it. Like I just get everything out of my brain and onto a three by five card for each project. Then, um, I, I think there's some fun things you can do, including getting rid of some of them that don't need to be on there. Um, or, you know, even, uh, forcing yourself to rank them. Like what's the most important versus the least important. But the, the first thing is just to get them all down on paper. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So let me just dig into that a little bit more, Casey, after I've gotten everything off my mind and it might take me a couple of days, quite frankly, yep. like I'm going to do an initial pass. And then as time goes on, there's other things that may come to mind that I need to write down on my index cards that are on my mind from buying cat food to, uh, completing some big hiring spree, you know, that kind yep. of stuff. After I've done that, after I've completed this brain dump, what should I be thinking about doing next? Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes, um, and I don't know if this is next or before it might be both, but it's, it's uh, one of the things that helps me get excited about planning is the tools that you use to help. And so I talked about, three by five card. If I was starting this, I would get a brand new notebook or brand new pen. I need to open up a pack of three by five cards. I like the ones that open like baseball cards, you know, they have the little, yeah, yeah. like so satisfying to pull that strip off and then open them up and they're fresh and they smell good. I don't know. There's something about like invoking your other senses, um, uh, to do this. I, there's a, a planner that I really like called the full focus planner, which we've talked about multiple times in this you can use, but you also don't need to be that fancy. You can just get a pen and paper, uh, to do this. But I, I think that the key is to be excited. Like if I, if, if I'm going to start training for a marathon, I'm probably going to buy a new set of sneakers, right? Because just the act of getting those puts me in the right space, uh, to do it. <laughs> Um, but, but I, and then, you know, uh, prioritize those, um, the, the different things that you've written down, even if it's just a one to 50, I, I give a couple things with this. One is, um, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Hmm. 
you will think of other things once your time is over doing this. And that's fine. You just go add it to it. it. It's no big deal. And if you're wondering if it's too small of a thing to put on the list or not, just put it on. D- don't worry about it. And you can you can subtract later uh, to do that. But uh, get some tools, get some of the resources to help you do this. There's a million different planners and systems out there. And, and frankly, a good old yellow pad. Uh, for me, the thing is just make it a new one. There's something about it being new and fresh that's, that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Is that crazy? No, I think you're right. So, so to recap... The the encouragement is to make a project inventory, make an inventory that's every that's going uh, of everything that's going on in your orbit. Treat yourself, buy something new <laughs> and nice that will. And this is what, if I'm hearing you right, Casey, that'll uh, underscore or undergird kind of your commitment to uh, trying some of these new planning strategies that we're going to be talking about. Um, and and the first being just getting an inventory of everything that's going on in your life, and then. Is there a three, a third thing, Casey? Anything? Like- yeah, and we talked about prioritizing, and maybe we can give a system to help people uh, do that. I would go through each of those index cards or each of those areas that I wrote down, and I would put them into one of four quadrants. And we're going to give uh, a shout out to uh, Free to Focus, a great book we've talked about a lot on this. Michael Hyatt uh, has created a really great system. But in it, he says, you know, there's really four zones of of what you're working on um, and in, in what we call the focus compass. And we can link this in the show notes uh, so you can go and, and pull this up. But there's the desire zone. And this is where we want to spend our time. And this is where passion and proficiency meet. So it's it's something that I'm good at and something that's important, like, you know, finding those things and identifying those things. Um you put a number one next to those on the card or star them or whatever, you know, system you want to use. Um, then the second bucket is the distraction zone. And this is stuff that I am good at, uh, but is not really that important. Um, and for Casey, this is creating janky spreadsheets that don't really need to be like, I love to look at data a hundred different ways. And, uh, you know, I could create a spreadsheet for everything, but probably we don't need that spreadsheet. I already have a, Cognos platform. I, you know, I already, I already have, you know, a, a system to look at this data, but it makes me feel good to build another resource around it. Uh, so that's the distraction zone. Then there's the disinterest zone, uh, which is stuff that is important, but that I don't like to do that. I'm not proficient at, but I know it needs to get done. And then finally, the drudgery zone, which is stuff I'm neither passionate nor proficient at. <laughs> so, this, and, and the satisfying part with this is you should take that three by five card, crinkle it up and throw it in the garbage. Because if you're spending time in the drudgery zone, you're going to hate your life. Um, so again, there's four zones. I know that's kind of hard to remember in your head. Go to, go to the show notes and you can download a, a cool PDF of this. But go through and, and give each one of these a zone uh, that, that you put it in. Yeah, so Casey, one of the things that does not bring me joy, that is in fact drudgery, is making phone calls, which has this <laughs> unintended consequence. I'll go months and months and months without getting a haircut because I hate picking up the phone to make the appointment <laughs> for the haircut. This goes. This is true for like dental appointments and other, really any kind of appointment. Actually, if I could do it online, that like that would be awesome. 
But yeah. picking up the phone and like making appointments or calling customer service about some issue I'm having or a bill problem or that kind of thing, I just hate that kind of stuff. So one of the things I did, this is a little aside, one of the things I did when I uh, completed this exercise was, and, and I wrote phone calls in my sort of drudgery zone uh, in that quadrant, uh, I uh, solicited the help of a virtual assistant to make phone calls. And that was great. And and now I'm to the point where I don't need to make phone calls anymore and I, I don't need the VA. But it was really nice to have a VA service that would make these phone calls for me. It was awesome. So, I mean, one of the cool things about doing this exercise is it gives you the opportunity to think about, okay, well, if I don't really like doing this thing, yet I still have to do it anyway, is there a service or another individual on my team or someone that really does like doing these things that I can delegate these activities to that I don't like doing. Yeah. And I think you think through each of those, like one thing, can I delegate them? Can I automate them? Is there like a service or a platform that I can use that'll help me out? Is there software that'll help me automate it? And then can I eliminate? So, uh, you know, can I delegate, automate or eliminate, um, any of these things that aren't in that key desire zone, uh, that are there? And I, I think the other part, and I have an example of this too, in my, in my drudgery zone, uh, I hate creating project plans. Um, I am not a very good detailed person. I can do it if I have to, um, but I really hate it. And I'm going to be honest, they're not that great. Uh, but we have folks on my team that are like so amazing at this. And I always, whenever I'm looking at building a team, it's the first thing I think of is like, do I have a really strong operations person that can keep the details, can create a nice project plan, you know, uh, with the with great flow charts and Gantt charts, you know, and all these things that help me uh, connect to it. Uh, but I, I've learned that if I'm creating one of these, something is wrong in, in the plan because first it's not going to be that good. And second, I really hate that part of it. I love the debate. I love the discussion. I like the executive sponsorship of it. Like I can help open doors and move things, but the actual documentation of everything I'm terrible at. And early in my career, I used to fight help in this area. I used to fight like project managers from getting me organized. And now I'm to the point where I'm like a connoisseur of project managers. Like there's certain things I want in a project manager. Like there's certain project managers I know I work really well with uh, and others I don't. And so I'm very vocal about my needs in this area. So I, I make sure you're identifying these zones, then looking at, can I, you know, can I eliminate, can I automate, can I delegate? And all of these like pre-work things will get you into the space when we start talking about creating a weekly plan, a daily plan, a quarterly plan, those altitudes that you talked about, Jacob, like if you have some of this already done, you'll be way ahead of the process. It'll feel a little less frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap, get all out of your head, make a project inventory, either on each project on an index card or a nice little list and a nice new notebook, which brings us to number two, treat yourself, get some tools to... Yes. Uh, underscore or to, to kind of indicate your commitment to trying some new things out. And then three, think about the focus areas or the areas that uh, you on this focus compass that we talked about um, that uh, really help us figure out what we can get rid of, like get off our plates so that we can focus on the things we really love to do. I think yeah, this is going to be a great impact. Yeah, and absolutely. Make the most impact. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really fun season, uh, Casey, to 
produce, and uh, I'm so delighted to be doing it with you. So thanks yeah. for thanks for coming on the ride of planning and productivity and all that fun stuff and talking about our five altitudes of focus um, or a planning rather. Yeah, this one gets you excited about what's to come. So this is like the intro to uh, this and some some pre-work. Um, we, we call this in education world prerequisites. Uh, so if you get this stuff done, it'll make everything scaffold better. It's going to be awesome. Uh, one of the things that we're doing uh, throughout the season is we'll be sending out newsletters to not only remind all of you of what we've talked about, but to give you a little bit of behind the scenes, um, a peek at how Casey and I work. Um, sometimes it's a little easier to do like a screencast instead of a podcast on these sort of topics. So uh, I want to encourage all of you go to our website, sign up for our newsletter. And when you sign up for our newsletter, you enter yourself to win a free book, actually two free books. We're going to be doing a drawing Yeah, two. We're going to be doing a drawing every week. Um, the two free books that we'll, we'll be giving out on a regular basis throughout the season is Free to Focus, one of Casey's favorites, yes. and Deep Work, which is one of my favorites. How's that, Casey? How's that sound? Basically say the same thing. Uh, <laughs> well, but in different ways, in different perspectives. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Michael Hyatt's Free to Focus book is very tactical. And yes. uh, Deep Work, um, while it has some tactics in it, it talks about the science and the cognitive yeah. science behind productivity and planning and really working out how to pick the good, the, the things that you really want to focus on that are going to enrich your life and your work and, um, yeah, help you li live and, and, uh, leave a really great legacy. Yeah, that's terrific. You can also, uh, leave us a review and this is, uh, we're trying to get, uh, a, a listener base here. We're trying to get this. So we'd, we'd appreciate a couple things. One is if you could just leave us a review and whatever podcast app you're listening to super simple, it should be, be uh, right. If you scroll down, you should be able to uh, leave us a review, uh, any review, a good review, a bad review, a mediocre review helps uh, other people find our podcast uh, as well. Uh, so we, we would really appreciate if you do that. Yeah. Not only that, we're going to be doing another feedback episode uh, during the season. So if you have any questions about planning, productivity, focus, please send us feedback to feedback at leaderfables.com. Yes. Yes. And until next time, Casey, lead on. Lead on.